Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Wednesday, April the 3rd, April, May the 3rd, backtracking too much, Wednesday, May the 3rd, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith, we're not even in the playoffs yet if it's April 3rd, uh, none of this has happened, Boston's still alive, no, I'm kidding, uh, Wednesday, May 3rd here on this uh, Wednesday uh, show, ready to break down the uh, two games that uh, take place tonight, we've got the other two conference semifinals uh, or division finals, whatever you want to call them, uh, starting up tonight. New Jersey, Carolina in the east, Edmonton, Vegas in the west. Uh, we will get to those in just a moment. But first, let's shout out everybody that was either tuning into the BetCast last night or joined us uh, on the BetCast last night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, once again, uh, two pretty entertaining hockey games with the Panthers and the Leafs, and certainly the Kraken and Stars delivered its share uh, of entertaining hockey, uh, going to overtime, giving us our first overtime game uh, of the uh, second round. Uh, and um, thanks to everyone that joined us, everyone that joined us on the stream. We had a couple of uh, surprise guests uh, at the last minute. Sammy P joined us. Uh, it was fun to talk to him uh, from the Boston area. Uh, Eddie Lack joined us uh, in and out multiple times uh, during the uh, BetCast last night. So lots of fun. Um, and uh, we never knew we'd be talking about um, uh, the Dolphins, uh, known as the Seattle Kraken last night. Either. <laughs> uh, but uh it's uh, just amazing what you will and what will end up being talked about on these betcasts. Really, it yeah. just it veers off into its own, you know, <laughs> stratosphere, and who knows where it's going to go. But uh, it's always entertaining and it's always fun. That is for sure. So uh, the betcast was great. We thank everybody for joining us. The action on the ice was great last night, and uh, we'll start obviously in Toronto. Uh, and the Florida Panthers now have reeled off four straight playoff wins dating back to game five of the uh, first round against the uh, Boston Bruins. And uh, look, last night it was uh, a little bit of everything for Florida. It was timely scoring. I thought, and I said it right there on the BetCast uh, in the first period, that Florida killing those two early power plays that the Toronto Maple Leafs had was huge, I think, for their confidence to at least get into the series, get into the game, you know, stave off the uh, early tide from the Leafs. And sure enough, like, a minute or two after they killed the second penalty, Florida scored the first goal, Nick Cousins, to make it one nothing, And uh, that ended up being significant for the Panthers, taking the crowd out of it, withstanding that early uh, you know, push from the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, on home ice. Uh, and uh, look, they responded in kind when Toronto made their move in the second period. You know, we saw, obviously, uh, Toronto get two back-to-back -back goals to tie it, including the first NHL goal for Matthew Nyes, and it was a beauty. No uh, cheapy when it comes to the first NHL goal for Nyes. It was a beauty, uh, a little pirouette move in front of the net on the backhand, pushing it past a, uh, a red-hot Sergei Bobrovsky, who I think is a big reason why the Florida Panthers won last night. That had to have been one of the better games I've seen out of goalie Bob in quite some time. And look, goalie Bob's had some injuries. Goalie Bob was illness, had illness down the stretch in and out was so inconsistent that when Alex Lyon, you know, rode the Florida Panthers into the playoffs, uh, Paul Maurice couldn't, you know, take, take him out, you know, and uh, a part of that was probably Bobrovsky's inconsistency all season, but man, was he ever phenomenal last night, including late in the third period when Toronto was making that last push, incredible stops, 
uh, and Florida with a big four to two win uh, last night to take game one uh, of that series. And really, to be honest with you, I want to talk again about Brandon Montour, man. Uh, uh, The key goal to put that game out of reach, another point shot that gets in. uh, This guy is just an absolute terror right now. He's shooting the puck left and right. And I'm saying this now moving forward. If you have not gotten in on it, going back to the final few games of that Boston series, if you're not betting any, every anything and everything, Brand, Brandon Montour right now, uh, shot props, point prop, goal prop, even because he's now scored in back-to-back games and he scored in multiple games for Florida in the first round as well. You're missing out on a on a golden opportunity and some great value. This guy has just played so well, uh, an offensive impact, uh, jumping up into the rush, and it was great to see that from. Uh, Brandon Montour again uh, last night, but you know Florida has a real good vibe going. Where they're just they they found their game. They're in a red hot zone right now. And while we did see Toronto lose game one at home against Tampa Bay in the first round and bounce back with a convincing thorough blowout win in game two of that series, I'm not sure they'll be blowing out Florida in game two at home. Let's just put it that way. Uh, with the uh, confidence that the Florida Panthers have right now. Uh, and obviously, you know, the game breakers. And look, you even have to throw in a Nick Cousins, who's a depth forward for them, scoring the, the first goal for them last night. But, uh, you know, I think, again, if you're a Leaf fan, what I'm sensing from my Leaf uh, buddies, many of them are Leaf fans, is that there's not that doom and gloom sentiment like when they got absolutely thrashed in game one against Tampa Bay. I know everybody was just, oh, my gosh, here we go again. The Leafs really going to lose another first round. So that's how bad game one was against Tampa Bay. And people were starting to panic already. There's not really any panic right now. Leaf fans are still, they're disappointed. You know, the team lost last night, but they're not panicking. They know they lost game one against Tampa and bounced back. But I'm telling you, Panthers are in a zone right now. They are feeling themselves. And Toronto's going to have to play a great game, too, and a great series moving forward if they're going to win this thing. Florida's not going to give an inch. Their forecheck, again, didn't give Matthews, Marner, Nylander a ton of time last night. Uh, and again, if Bobrovsky's going to play, that's a big if, because we've seen Bobrovsky look amazing one game and shit the bed uh, the next game. So that's don't put it past Bobrovsky to not look the same in the next game. But if they can get goalie Bob at least something close to what we saw to him last night, uh, that's going to be good moving forward. I think the Leaf players, too, none of them panicking, and none more so than one of my favorite listens now as far as player press conferences, Ilya Samsonov, man. This guy is hilarious. He has said about 10 different things in post-game media scrums this year that have had me just dying laughing. Just the way he says it with his, you know, his broken English accent, you know, and, uh, you know, you talk about uh, him just putting things into proper perspective. Uh, this is worth playing right now. And and, our, and Alex, of course, uh, retweeted it, of course, as well uh, earlier today. But th- th- this is hilarious. And it's not only funny, but at, in all seriousness, it's the right attitude to have. It's the yes. attitude that every player should have after a tough loss. Here's Ilya Samsonov here uh, after uh, last night's uh, loss. Let me just get this into uh, here, and then we'll roll the tape. All right, this is Ilya Samsonov following last night's game one defeat uh, for, by, by the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs to the Florida Panthers. Here we go. Like, go back home, you know, like, get some food, go to the sleep. There you go. That's the way to do it. Go to the sleep. tomorrow. And then the, the last part of that was tomorrow the sun will come up, yeah? And that's basically <laughs> what he said. I mean, just absolutely uh, hilarious. And, you know, it's the uh, right mindset to have. And, uh, 
Uh, Alex, look, look, the Florida Panthers are clearly not satisfied with just pulling off the one of the massive upsets in recent Stanley Cup playoff history. They're, they're looking for more, and they're off to a good start here in the second round. Yeah, to borrow the old Conor McGregor line, they're not here to take part. They're here to take over. Uh, and that's the mentality you should have. If you beat the best team in the playoffs, you know, you should now have that chip on your shoulder of, okay, we can beat just about anybody we face. And that's the way that they're playing. And, and that's the mentality that really all the eight teams should have uh, at this point. But that's hard. It's easier said than done. And, and, and that may be a harder adjustment for Toronto to make because of, you know, like I said, their history. But like I said, now have, hearing that from Samsonov and these younger guys, and I think that's something we don't really kind of take in. The, even though they have the core group of Marner, Matthews, Tavares, and those are the guys I think that really kind of absorb and take the brunt of what's happened all these years. But Ilya Samsonov just got to Toronto. You know, Ryan O'Reilly just got traded to Toronto. These guys just got there into that organization. So the the weight of the, the curse, be it the first round or the cup curse or any of that, that's not on them. And so that's a great sign for them moving forward. You know, they're not going to be as mentally defeated as, you know, those Matt Sundin teams that seem to have just been together for like eight or nine years and kept losing over and over. Uh, the turnover is going to keep things kind of fresh for them. So, yeah, I think that's a really bright spot for the Leafs, and I think the fans can take solace in that as well. Uh, but Florida, they're not going to go away. It's going to be a good series. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see game two. I, I really don't know what I'm going to do from a betting standpoint yet, but uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to watching it. And I'm looking forward to getting my over that I lost in heartbreaking fashion uh, last night back in game two, because I think game two will go over the total that it should have went over last night. Uh, but um, uh, look, it was just had an empty net in the last couple of minutes. Uh, and we had, uh, look, the good news is one little bit of, positive is we did bet in a live over five and a half during the bet cast last night in that game uh, and it, that ended up cashing so that was good at least but um, yeah that's six and a half it's a tough one tough one to lose uh, because it, it felt like there's a million chances to get that game over the total especially from a Toronto perspective but great win for Florida we'll see if they can um, you know at Paul Maurice by the way complaining about the uh, a number of penalties against Florida and you know, I, I don't know if there was many of them that weren't warranted last night, but there is a pattern now of Florida getting penalized a lot. And it's pretty amazing they keep winning in spite of it. You know, right now the Panthers, like they have taken a shit ton of penalties. Going back to the Boston series, it seemed like they were in the box quite a bit. Uh, so you got to give them credit for that. Like they are definitely the team that get has been getting more penalties consistently uh, in these games and still end up on the winning end. Uh, speaking of ending up on the winning end, how about the Seattle Kraken? Uh, Joe Pavelski, four goals, a magnificent performance. To be quite honest with you, especially coming off concussion symptoms and the debilitating hit that he took from Matt Dumba in the first round against Minnesota. If the Dallas Stars win that game last night as opposed to losing in overtime, that's probably one of the single, I don't want to make, maybe put it too high on a pedestal, but that's one of the better individual performances in a game returning from injury in a big playoff game if Dallas wins it. But unfortunately, they did not win it. Regardless, it was still just incredible stuff to see here from the uh, from Joe Pavelski last night. I mean, four goals. He gets all four of the goals. That fourth goal that he had, the, the hand-eye coordination, it's been just a staple of Joe Pavelski's game. Going back to all the, do you know how many playoff goals he would score with San Jose years ago? And by the way, Peter DeBoer, 
coached Joe Pavelski for a bit in San Jose, uh, of course, we remember uh, years ago as well. So they have a history together, uh, those two guys. And uh, DeBoer said it after the game. I'm not even surprised Joe does this anymore uh, in the playoffs. He just elevates his game. And it, it's, to me, it's just surprising that the guy is going to be, what, 39 uh, later this year? Uh, and he's still able to do this in the postseason. Like he's always been one of those players that his bigger impact is a postseason player, not a regular season player. And he showed it again last night for the uh, Stars. Unfortunately, Seattle, man, and their resilience, just absolutely, you know, unflappable, unshakable. You know, they, they give up the first goal early, tie it. Dallas takes the lead, another Pavelski goal, 2-1. Uh, bang, bang, Seattle responds, 2-2, 3-2, 4-2, in a wild first period where it only took the first period for the full game over to cash and about as easy a first period over bet winner for Alex as well with this uh, Seattle-Dallas game last night. Um, and then 4-2, it was a scoreless second. And Dallas, look, that was their best period, the third. Last night, the third period, they were all over Seattle. They tied the game. And you would think, man, Seattle just took a massive punch, had a 4-2 lead. Dallas ties it. Building is back into it. Home ice. How does Dallas not have the momentum going into overtime? And uh, sure enough, there's Seattle uh, finding a way to end it. Yanni Gord. Uh, who we talked about before the overtime started, you know, one of those guys that might be able to pot that overtime winner, and he did. So Seattle with the 5-4 win in game one, uh, another night where the road teams win, road underdogs win. It's been a dominant theme from a betting perspective throughout these Stanley Cup playoffs so far. But just like with Florida, don't tell Seattle that they're satisfied with beating the defending Stanley Cup champions. They want more. They're capable of getting more. Like th there is a re legit possibility um, both of these teams can win these series. Now, there's a long way to go. There's only one game, but um, I never once said, and there's people that seem to think I, that I said Florida had no chance against Toronto, which is absurd. I never once said that. I said, I do like Toronto in the series. And I said, it's going to probably be a six or seven game, or I gave it, I said six, you know, at least in this series. So, you know, I figured Florida was going to be uh, a tough out for Toronto, and I figured Seattle was going to be a tough out for Dallas. And so am I sitting here uh, 2.26 p.m. the night after these two game ones and saying I'm totally shocked that Florida and Seattle won on the road in game one? Of course I'm not shocked. These are good hockey teams. Every team that's left now is a good hockey team, capable of winning, capable of winning this round, capable maybe of even winning the Stanley Cup. Yes, even Florida, even Seattle. You know, every team that's left, Vegas. I like Edmonton in that series. Vegas winning that series wouldn't totally stun me. I'd be mildly yeah. surprised especially when you factor in that they've got, you know, uh, Laurent Brossois net. They've, uh, but that depth that they have is going to test Edmonton. I think that's not going to be an easy series for Edmonton. I think New Jersey, Carolina is kind of a coin flip. So, you know, every team that's left standing right now has an opportunity to win in this round and win moving forward. There's nothing else to say but that. Uh, Alex, what did you think about that one last night? Seattle with the big win. Yeah, uh, you know, a huge win, a huge effort. And once again, they showed that, yeah, they're not going to be phased Going into enemy territory, they're not uh, the spotlight's not too bright for them, and and, and that's something you worried about with a you know team getting the first you know franchise series win and the way that they went about doing that as well. Dallas, uh, there you know it, there's far more talent on Dallas, but we talk about how complete of a group in a, in a unit that Seattle plays. Uh, that group mentality. And everybody fitting in perfectly to the the roles that they're assigned. Uh, that's what wins championships, you know. So so having that is a huge edge. 
And this series will be tough because they don't quite have the talent. And you can have a Joe Pavelski go off and score four goals. You know, you can now have a Rupe Henson, uh, uh, you know, Jason Robertson, and all these guys that that can step up. Max Domi getting three assists on those uh, on, on those goals by Pavelski. There's a lot of talent here, and so Dallas certainly won't hang their heads low. This is even the worst game they played so far in the playoffs. I mean, that game in game three was awful uh, against Minnesota. I mean, we all looked at that spot perfectly and might be circling a spot for Seattle game three uh, as well, regardless of what happens here in game two. But I'm probably going to be looking at sprinkling on a little bit more on Dallas to end this series in six and seven. I already have series going six games. Of course, I took little shots with them to win in four and win in five, but that was a result of what I thought the scheduling was going to look like. Now we don't have that schedule gap. So now this is a, a, going to be a more balanced series uh, for Seattle. They don't have to worry about playing two games in 48 hours and, you know, either being in a spot of, you know, looking at elimination or, or, you know, even at this point, the pressure of maybe even trying to wrap up a series that they were up to nothing. They don't have to worry about that now having that uh, back-to-back spot. So that's a, that's a big deal and a, and a big boost. So if you like Seattle futures, this is probably last call to grab them. We already saw the 20 to one cut down to 10 to one at BetMGM for them to win the cup. Uh, that number might continue to shrink more and more. But I, I would be really cautious backing Seattle going far because even if they win this series, they're alive to do that. Will they be, you know, fully in, in the right headspace to, to take on a power like Edmonton or even another tough, resilient team in Seattle? I think that's going to be a big ask. I think whoever you know gets out of a, a lot of these series, pretty much all four of these series, it's going to be tough sledding for them to get out because we're expecting these long games, and you know you, you have to see which team's going to be resilient enough and even healthy enough to to make it through once it gets to the conference final. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, it's, like I say, these are these are fun series. These are really really fun and. You know, we always weigh momentum of winning in the first round versus, you know, could you just jump right into a series after winning a seven-game series, you know, especially in, in upset fashion like both Seattle and Florida did, be ready to go and be ready to win game one of that next series. They both proved it, and it's a great segue into the first game we're going to discuss tonight because it's the exact same situation. Road team off a of game seven win in the first round, playing 48 hours later, no problem for Florida, no problem for Seattle. Will it be no problem for the New Jersey Devils tonight as they go to Raleigh to take on the Carolina Hurricanes? Carolina minus 120, home favorites here in game one, five and a half the total. ESPN for both games. It's the A-team of McDonough, Ferraro, Kaplan for this game tonight. Uh, As far as this series goes with Devils and Hurricanes, you know what we said during the BetCast and it was a great point, salient point. I think John, who makes a bunch of salient points on our bet casts, mentioned it as well. And we did. I think we were all in on it, that same thought process. The, Dal- the Dallas Stars basically played a tortoise in the first round at the Minnesota Wild. And you could tell early in the game last night, especially the first period, it was an adjustment period for the Dallas Stars. They go from a very plodding in terms of overall team speed and depth, Minnesota Wild team, to just a lightning fast, tons of depth, Seattle Kraken forward group. And you could see in the first period, Dallas was losing all the battles, losing the races, having a hard time containing that Seattle speed and four-line wave. They really did. 
You could tell early, and it, it was a definitely an early adjustment period for the Dallas Stars in that game. Florida, they get the hot start against Toronto as well. Uh, so I wouldn't put it – and to me, there's very similar characteristics of this series and this game tonight. Carolina, what did they play in the first round? A tortoise. That's flat out what the New York Islanders are. Okay, they're a tortoise. They can't move. They can't move the puck. They're not a great offensive team. They have no threat whatsoever on the power play. The power play stinks. It stunk all year. The New York Islanders power play, uh, horrible with the man advantage. Um, this could be, uh, and, and look, we have to respect Carolina defensively. They are that good. They are elite. They're terrific. Maybe they will be able to handle this difference going from the Islanders to the Devils. But I think especially early, they may not be able to handle it here. I mean, this is a fast New Jersey team. They're like Seattle of the East. They have incredible speed, four lines. Um, the blue line is very mobile as well. Dougie Hamilton, of course, is one of those you know great mobile defensemen there. But they have many others. You know, the, Ryan Graves can flat out fly. You know, this is a team that can skate and move the puck. And this is a much greater degree of team speed, forward depth with the New Jersey Devils than what the New York Islanders had in the first round when they played Carolina. And I think there could be some sort of adjustment for the Hurricanes here, especially early in this game. So I already said yesterday when we talked about this series as a whole with Ray Bryce, who was with us yesterday, uh, we talked about it. I like New Jersey to not get swept here in the first two games in Carolina. I think they're coming out of Carolina 1-1. The question is, which game are they going to take? You know, I think they have a chance to jump on Carolina early tonight. I think tonight could be the night they take the game, honestly, because, you know, we saw no Game 7 hangover whatsoever from the Panthers or the Kraken last night. And if anything, you're feeling adrenaline. You've got just all you got. You're bouncing off the walls. You just beat one of game seven. Maybe the, the old dinosaur way of handicapping is you beat a, win a game seven and you beat a team. Maybe you weren't expected to. And then you were supposed to think, oh, you're going to be flat in game one. You're not going to play well. Well, that clearly did not happen last night. Didn't happen for Florida. Didn't happen for Seattle. And this is a young, vibrant team. I don't buy fatigue. It's a very young, fast team. I don't think they'll be fatigued one bit. The New Jersey. And did the New York Rangers really work them over in game seven? No, uh, they were comfortably ahead. The New Jersey Devils by the end of that game. So I think they come in here loose, relaxed, confident. They're the much faster team compared to the Islanders, the first round opponent of the Carolina Hurricanes. I like New Jersey in the first period. Uh, I'm going to take them in the first period just on the money line here because we did see Seattle and Florida get the first period lead last night. Just roll that confidence forward from their Game 7 victories. Uh, plus 100 at Pinnacle for the first period. I'm going to take them plus 100 for the full game money line as well. Smaller sprinkle on the draw here and uh, uh, north of plus 300. But I think the Devils definitely have this uh, a golden opportunity at their disposal here uh, for this uh, first game victory. And look, you can't argue with other than Game 6 against the Rangers the way this team has played at both ends of the ice and how Akira Schmid, you know, the young goalie has responded in net. He's looked very confident. So I think this is a great opportunity for the Devils to take game one. And if they don't win tonight, that's okay. I'll bet him game two. Same probably thought process. Maybe not the first period in game two, because this is more, you know, what we saw last night, what we think. I think the adjustment for Carolina to the speed that the Devils bring compared to the Islanders in the last round. So, but if they lose tonight in game one, I'll be back on New Jersey game two. And not only that, 
if New Jersey loses tonight, I'll be on the adjusted series price on the New Jersey Devils after game one tonight. So that's the way I'm approaching it. I like the over a little bit as well. A little first period full game over split because the one thing we saw last night coming off game sevens in the first round in those two game ones, even though the Toronto game stayed under, pace was uh, it was off the charts in both games. Toronto, Florida pace was nuts. Seattle, Dallas pace was even nuttier, even crazier in my opinion. Uh, in my opinion, last night. So um, I, I think this is a sneaky over as well. Uh, kind of like Seattle, Dallas. Like last night, that total was five and a half shaded to the under. This total, five and a half shaded to the under. Um, five and a half shaded to the under. No, it's, to me, I think this can get over. And I like the price. You can get plus 120 on it at Pinnacle with this over five and a half here. Alex, what do you think here? Game one, East semis, Devils, and Canes. So, all right, based on what you're saying with how you like New Jersey, in this spot to win either game one or game two. I'm looking at FanDuel right now, and they have a serious correct score after three games. Now, obviously, you don't really have an idea necessarily in your head about game three potentially, but you could go New Jersey Devils to have a 2-1 series lead plus 146, or Carolina to have a 2-1 series lead plus 152. Would you sprinkle something on both of those to kind of cover – uh, your look at, at, you know, the Devils at least splitting one of those two games? Yes, I think that's not a bad strategy at all. I uh, would not argue with it. Yep. Yeah, so that, that popped in my head when you were mentioning that, and I looked that up. That, that's available at FanDuel, and I would have to look at other books to see if that – I think that might be around a couple of different places. But the one thing I'm looking at here for tonight is is the over. And like I said, you know, we've seen the, the pace kind of pick up uh, so far in these second-round games, you have the same scenario of a, Jer- a Jersey team coming off of a Game 7 win where Carolina had a few extra days of rest. Uh, and, and like I said, styles make fights. Carolina is not going to be sitting around playing uh, slow-poke hockey because they're not playing the New York Islanders anymore. They're playing the New Jersey Devils who have great transition, great speed, and will take the fight to them. And so I think that's going to elude itself to goals, uh, you know, uh, John Massey m- mentioned that in the chat too. You know, the, the the rebound control is going to be huge, and 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 you know, teams picking up those those big rebounds. Our, uh, Rangers struggle with that. Carolina won't have that issue. I think we're going to see a lot of fun hockey. I think this will tighten up later in the series, but uh, you know, like I said, Kirschman for as well as he's played, he's going to see a lot more shots. He's going to see better. Shot quality, I feel like, I, because the Rangers' shot selection and quality was just, just awful in, in the end of that series. So I think that's going to really – we'll get to really see how good this uh, of a goaltender he is when he has to make saves on his own and, and not rely on the defenseman blocking shots and, and clogging up the lanes. And, and, you know, conversely, like I said, I'm not crazy about the whole, you know, we're going to go Aranta and Anderson at some point in this series. You know, we've talk, we talked about that. I don't, I don't like having that. By now, Carolina should have had their number one guy. You know, unless one is hurt, which could always be a question when you talk about Auntie Ronta and Frederick Anderson, uh, you should be reliant on this is my goaltender for this series and, and, and beyond. So that uh, instability combined with the way that the Devils play, I love this over at five and a half. I got plus 115. If you can grab anything higher than that, go for it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think, uh, like I say, it's uh, this looks like, kind of like what we saw at you with uh, Dallas Seattle, where it's this uh, under shade, five and a half, and it's shaded to the under, and um, it ended up being a wild game. I'm not going to say this is going to be, you know, like last night, where it's going to be five four, but you know, I think this gets to four three, something like that, four two, 
at least. And and uh, look, I think too for New Jersey, for as good defensively as they were, and you got to give the Rain uh, Devils defense credit, right? Shutting down the big guns of the Rangers, and of course, uh, you know, doing a great job keeping them out of the middle of the ice. Carolina is going to probably do a better job getting to the middle of the ice. You know, this is a little bit more of a They've been in a lot of playoff wars now, the Hurricanes, for years now. They've either been to the, at least the second round. They've been to some conference finals. Uh, but this is now a team that, uh, you know, is, knows what they need to do to generate quality chances. And that's middle of the ice, the slot area, which the Rangers could never get to, especially in Game 7. So they're going to test the Devils a little bit more uh, here uh, in this, the Devil defense, I should say, in this series. That being said, I, I, again, the Hurricanes remain without a couple of forwards. Keep that in mind for this uh, series uh, up front. But uh, this is where you've got to hope for Marty Natchez, I think, has got to elevate a little bit more. I, I thought he was kind of lackluster in that first round series against the Islanders. Now, keep in mind, Carolina didn't have to put many pucks in the net in the first round because they're playing the Islanders who just have a hard time scoring and don't have a very good power play. They're going to have to put the biscuit in the basket at least a, a higher volume of times in this series, Carolina. Uh, if they are going to end up uh, winning this series. But uh, yeah, I think this is, you know, an opportunity here for the New Jersey Devils to ride that momentum. So we're doing the first period full game split here with Devils, first period full game over split uh, here as well uh, in this game. A little bit more for me personally on the full game over, though, at five and a half. And then as far as props go, there's a bunch that I like. Let's start with uh, New Jersey since they're the road team. I like Heeshear over two and a half shots on goal. Six of his last seven playoff games, he's gone over that number. Uh, Jack Hughes has just been uh, a high shot volume machine for the uh, Devils. So I'm going over three and a half. Timo Myers shots on goal over three and a half. I like, you know, Dougie Hamilton kind of was that guy that was during the course of the season, one of those high volume shooters kind of dropped off in the regular season early in the first round against the Rangers. He wasn't shooting as much. He got back to shooting the puck a lot more last couple games of that Rangers series. So uh, definitely a uh, Dougie Hamilton would be someone I'd look at for the uh, Devils. As far as goals and props on the, uh, and uh, goals and point props on the uh, Devils tonight, um, I would look, I would start thinking seriously about Eric Howla. Okay. Cause this guy's making an impact. He was actually for the Devils in the opening round. He led them in goals with four and he had six points in that series against the New York Rangers. So this is someone that's been, Flying under the radar, but he's elevated his game at playoff time. He's only plus 110 to get a point, and he's plus 380 to score a goal tonight. You talk about value, that is value right there on Eric Howla, who led the team in goals and was, uh, I believe, uh, the leader in points as well. Six. Nobody had more points than Eric Howla for the New Jersey Devils in the first round. Hughes to score a goal is never a bad option. Andre Pilat, we've been waiting on him, right, to get that, you know, playoff performance that we're so accustomed to seeing from him in his Tampa Bay days going. He had a slow start to the Rangers series, but man, he picked it up late. He's become a bit of a point machine again. He's only plus 114 to get a point tonight. If you want to sprinkle on the goal prop, again, it's plus 380. Great value. Mercer is someone I would look at. Uh, the shots on goal, yes. The point prop, the goal prop, anything Dawson Mercer. I thought he really elevated late in that Rangers series. And then on the Carolina side, Ajo over shots on goal. Brent Burns over shots on goal has just been automatic. I mean, what can you say? Uh, all three games he went over his shots on goal prop at home in the first round. Uh, he is just shooting from everywhere. This guy's averaging double figures in shot attempts. Can you believe that? Ten shot attempts per game on average for Brent Burns from the blue line for the Carolina Hurricanes. And um, so even at three and a half with his shot prop tonight, 
it's a, it's a bargain uh, in my opinion. Uh, over three and a half at even money, minus 105, minus 110. Uh, Burns to get a point at minus 136 at FanDuel. He seems to have a hand in a lot of the offense for the Hurricanes. Like I said, Ajo is a prop that I like tonight. And you know I'm going back to the well with my uh, my my guy from the AHL ranks who's made his mark now with the Hurricanes, who's played so well for them that they can't get him out of the lineup and the sure as, sure as fuck aren't sending him back to the minor leagues anytime soon. And that's Stefan Nason here for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Only plus 112 on FanDuel to get a point, uh, plus 380 to score a goal, plus 290 to get a power play point. He does a lot of damage on the man advantage. So it's a really nice prop game because I do think this is going to be a higher event and higher scoring start to the series than some people think than this, where this total is being lined. Uh, so it's a good game for sprinkling on some props. Uh, Alex, just throwing it back to you. Is there, if he had to, I know you're not as big into the player props and certainly not a high volume like me with them, but <laughs> if there was one prop that piqued your interest in this game, what would it be? I, this is something I would play. If I liked Carolina to win the series, I would grab Stefan Nason. I'm seeing t- plus 2,900 to be the leading goal uh, scorer in the series. Uh, because if he, if Carolina can, like I said, match, the offensive pace of New Jersey, other guys are going to have to step up and score, right? Ajo's the, the key guy. Uh, you know, he said Burns getting a ton of shots to go. I think I see he's 50 to one at Ben uh, MGM to lead. Those are two long shots I would take a, take a dabble with as far as series goes. So with that being said, those are the guys I would also circle uh, to, for, to score in game one as well. But I think that might be the look. If, if, like I said, I'm not committed to a side in the series, and I lean toward New Jersey, but if you have a Carolina series uh, play in pocket, you might as well add a little bit of that uh, Stephen Nason at, at 28, I'd say 2,800 at Ben and 2,900 at FanDuel. Yeah, and we started talking about with live betting, and I'm going to start doing this, and we actually did a little dabble on it. Now, unfortunately, it got wiped out because Dallas came back and tied the game 4-4, but sprinkling in the third period on live goal scorer props on the team that's leading it by a goal or two in the third period, knowing that they're going to be able to shoot for the empty net probably when the opposing team pulls the goalie. Uh, yep. We got robbed of that opportunity last night because Dallas came back. But, you know, that's still a good concept. And you look for the players that are going to be on the ice for the team that's leading by a goal or two late in the third period, trying to preserve the lead and who you think might be able to pot one into the empty net. And that goes back to when I mentioned Eric Howla. Eric Howla is always on the ice for New Jersey when they're protecting a lead late in the game. He got the empty net, one of the empty net goals the other night. Uh, for the uh, Devils. So look for those little live betting concepts. Now that we're down to just a handful of games, you got to look for other methods and other you know ways to try to make money with live betting and those live goal score props for teams that are leading on players you think will be out on the ice and have had a high rate of scoring empty net goals this year as well. Not a bad option. I'll give you a, some betting theory, vice versa, in that situation. When a team pulls their goal in, you think they are, they're going to score the next goal. Obviously, you would bet the team to score the next goal. But if you were to look for an individual player, look for a defenseman or look for a guy who would be at the point in a six-on-five or six-on-four situation. So maybe look at the power play units and see which forwards play on the point. Those three guys at the back would be worth betting on because – what do we usually see for empty net or, or goals when a team pulls their attacker? It has a cluster in front of the goaltender. It's a deflection, goes off of a stick, or the goalie just can't see it. He's completely screened, and it's a shot from the point. So I think looking for gas from the point is the, the alternate way of betting that if you like a team 
who's down and pulling the uh, extra attacker to score and, and tie a goal. So there's, there's a couple of ways to attack that uh, scenario. Yeah, and regarding Nico Hishier, I mentioned him over shots. I like the assist prop on Nico Hishier. Put it this way, Nico Hishier, to get a point tonight, you have to lay minus 175, minus 180. He has five points. In the, he had five points in the first round against the New York Rangers. They were all assists. Okay, they were all assists. All five of his points in the first round against the New York Rangers were assists. He didn't score a goal. No goals, five assists, five points in the first round. So why the hell would you bet his point prop and lay minus 175 when you can just take his assist prop, which is plus 100, plus 105? So there you go. Every point he scored in the first round was an assist. So uh, plus 100, plus 105. I do like the assist prop specifically on Nico Heeshear uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils uh, tonight as well here in uh, game one. All right, that's the first game. Uh, what I like now is that when now that we're into the second round, really take time diving into the props now uh, in yeah. these uh, games. Now that we've got fewer games on the uh, table and there's some lots to like in that game as far as props. There's lots to like in the next game. Edmonton Vegas as well coming up uh, as far as props are concerned 155 live viewers on YouTube hit the like button shout out to our podcast listeners as well we'll be back to talk about Edmonton and Vegas maybe the most anticipated second round series at least for me personally I can't wait to see this one uh, Edmonton and Vegas we'll talk game one coming up from that series right after we hear from Gramco support for the ice gas is brought to you by Gramco whether you or your team's game is on the field screen racetrack court or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here, and we are ready for game one in Sin City. We've got uh, Edmonton and Vegas, Oilers minus 115, uh, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, of course, getting past Winnipeg to get here. Edmonton in six games, dispatching, I think, one of the best teams in the West, quite honestly, in the LA Kings uh, here to get to this uh, second round. Um, I think the key matchup here is we talk about which team is going to struggle adjusting to their new series opponent more than the other? We talked about how, you know, especially Seattle, Dallas. Dallas had some struggles early against Seattle. I think New Jersey, or sorry, Carolina might have some struggles early against New Jersey. I think Vegas might have some struggles early against Edmonton. Just a different level of speed, different level of, you know, uh, obviously offensive firepower compared to the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg was also banged up. In that first round series, no Josh Morrissey, no Mark Shifley in the remaining games of that series. They missed Nikolai Ehlers, missed the first part of that series as well, and didn't really get going uh, until 
um, later in that series. And by then it was pretty much too late. So, you know, Vegas played well. Mark Stone played well. Jack Eichel. Uh, it was a pretty good playoff, first playoff series for him. And I thought he got better uh, as the series went on. But I think this is going to be a little bit of a step up for them, especially on the defensive end of the ice. See if they're able to handle it. Um, on the other side of the fence, though, for Edmonton, they are going to have to deal with a great amount of depth that Vegas has. Vegas can Vegas can go four lines deep, and Bruce Cassidy has no problem putting any line out there at any given moment during the game. He has that much confidence in his group, and why not? I think this team does have terrific depth, no question about it. I mean, you look at what the uh, Vegas Golden Knights have, there is definitely some semblance of threat up and down their lineup on each line. Okay, Vegas has that. Vegas absolutely has that. And that's going to be one of their calling cards if they win this series and move on uh, in the Western Conference. And if they win the Stanley Cup, let's say they get to a cup final and win it, it's going to be because of the depth on the blue line and the depth up front. You know, they're starting this series, it looks like, with Barbashev, Eichel, Marcheseau, their top line, Riley Smith, William Carlson, who was red hot offensively, in the first round, found his uh, scoring touch again after a kind of a down regular season with Amadio. Uh, then you've got Howden, Chandler Stevenson, someone you don't want to sleep on. He was terrific in the first round against Winnipeg. Mark Stone on the third line. That's a, that's a pretty damn good third line. Will Carrier, Nicholas Waugh, and Keegan Colasar, a hardworking, forechecking fourth line. That's a very solid lineup. It's, the lineup's so solid that Paul Cotter, you know, was a guy that chipped in offensively early in the season. He can't even get into the lineup. Pavel Dorofiev had a great performance down the stretch for the Vegas Golden Knights offensively. He can't get into the lineup. Phil Kessel, Mr. Iron Man. Now, Phil Kessel, you know, he's had, probably has had better days than his current uh, time. You know, he's on the uh, waning stages of his career, but you still wouldn't think, you know, you would scratch Phil Kessel from your game one lineup in a new series, but that's the case here. And it's just because of the depth the Vegas Golden Knights now have up front. And it's because Cassidy can't take out a Nick Waugh. He can't take out a Keegan Colasar. You know, he can't take out, you know, William Carrier, you know, or Chandler Stevens, or even Brett Howden, who I thought had a pretty good series against Winnipeg. They're playing too well. And so someone's got to sit. You can only put 12 forwards on the ice. And unfortunately for Vegas, that's Phil Kessel. And then you get to the blue line. I mean, it's a great blue line. Martinez, Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, Zach Whitecloud, Nick Haig, Ben Hutton. Ben Hutton's a depth defenseman. He's been around the block, played a lot of games, a bunch of different teams. It's a really solid blue line. At the end of the day, that's that's what is going to give Vegas a chance in this series. They've got four lines that can contribute. Terrific one through six D in terms of solid depth. You know, there's not that huge drop off from one to six like there are with some other teams on their blue line. It's going to come back to Brossois. Brossois played at a level that was, I think, probably some of the best hockey of his life and his career against Winnipeg. I thought he played great. He was outstanding. If Brossois is anything like that in net in this series, Vegas absolutely has a shot. No question about that. But at the end of the day, I look back on it and I say, is Vegas on paper defensively better than L.A.? I, I don't think so. I think they're on par. I think they're close defensively. I think Vegas is a pretty good defensive team. Uh, but, but I know L.A. was going into that series against the Oilers. And what happened to L.A. against Edmonton? I mean, Edmonton chewed them apart offensively. And that, to me, is just – I think there's just too many weapons. And they're just they, – they move the puck so well. 
the power play is just so dominant. And what concerns me is Vegas had issues at times in terms of staying out of the box in the Winnipeg series. And second of all, that penalty kill was only 20th in that ranking uh, in the regular season with the penalty kill. And if you look at the Winnipeg series, Alex, Winnipeg scored a power play goal in just about every game. And that's Winnipeg's power play. Winnipeg, their power play doing that to you. What are you going to do now against Edmonton? One of the historic, all-time great single-season power play teams that I've seen in my 30 years watching hockey. That's going to be the concern here for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in this series. So we'll start with the sides and totals, then I'll get into the props after. But the way I'm going to approach it is I'm not going to touch the Edmonton minus 115. I think the adjustment for Vegas in this game one is that they're going to struggle in the first game to say, whoa, this is Edmonton speed. Edmonton's power play now that we're dealing with, not the Winnipeg Jets anymore. And the same goes for Brossois, uh, even in net. Like, it's going to be a much taller order, keeping the puck out of the net against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, Evander Kane, Zach Hyman, uh, and company here than it was against the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not going to take the money line. You could if you want. I lean that way. But I'm going to go for the team total for the Edmonton Oilers here, uh, which I think is a really good number, a really good price. Uh, three and a half with the Oilers team total, uh, over three and a half here. And you look at the uh, price at Pinnacle, plus 112 for the Edmonton Oilers, over three and a half in this scheme. I think it's a terrific bet. You know, we saw them obviously uh, down the stretch in the LA Kings series. What did they do, Edmonton? They scored four, they scored five uh, in the series clinching game, or actually that in the overtime game. They again, they, they scored another uh, five spot uh, in the clinching game against LA. I mean, asking this team right now to get to four goals, especially when you start to look at some of the penalty-killing statistics of the Vegas Golden Knights, which are below average, it doesn't seem like it's asking too much. And again, we I go back to it again as well. Um, the Edmonton road record this year, outstanding. They've had no issues winning on the road this season whatsoever, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, including two big road wins in L.A. Uh, in the first round. And they nearly won all three games in L.A. because that game three loss was that controversial high stick call that was uh, allowed to stand on the Gabe Velarde overtime goal or uh, that night. It wasn't actually Velarde, but uh, Velarde stick on that overtime goal in game three. So they were that close to going three and zero in LA in that series uh, in the first round. So they were a good road team, but I'm not going to go with the money line. I think the better value is that plus money, that plus price plus plus one twelve Edmonton team total uh, over three and a half. Uh, that's what I'm going to look at here. This is another one too, where I'm also going to jump in on the first period full game over split where first game Vegas goes from the snail Winnipeg, the offensively challenged Winnipeg, the banged up shorthanded depleted Winnipeg jets to now this offensive juggernaut. And as good as they are defensively and as well as Brossois was in game one or the first round, I should say an adjustment. That's the key. That's the word of the night. It was an adjustment for Toronto. It was an adjustment for Dallas last night. And it was a defensive adjustment because the pace was off the charts in both games. I think the pace will be higher than expected in Carolina tonight. And I think the pace will be higher than expected in Vegas tonight for this first game of this series. So Edmonton team total over three and a half and a Edmonton or and a first period over full game over split as well. And I would, you know what, this is actually a game two where I would look at the first period, both teams to score maybe as well here with Oilers and Golden Knights at a nice plus price. Uh, Alex, game one, Edmonton, Vegas. Yeah, that's not a, a, a bad look at all with that, both teams to score first period. But I, I kind of want to sit and, and observe this first period. If anything, I, I would be like to try to jump maybe on an over five and a half in game. This could be a slow pace 
in the early part of the, of the game, a feeling out process. And then we see that last 10 minutes, uh, you know, you get, you get some goals once some adjustments are made. So this is one I probably would completely stay away from in that first, the uh, first goal in 10 minutes, I wouldn't look at anything in that angle. If you like a first period over, you might be able to wait a little bit uh, later and get a better price adjusted in game. I'm staying with just the draw at plus 320. Uh, I think this is going to be kind of like I said, a, a faster pace late effort. And I think that's when we start seeing goals and we start seeing goals getting traded back and forth. So this will be hopefully a fun live game. I would love to get the, some of those zigzag moments where you can hit next to score. Uh, I've already said it on Mitchell on the Betcast last night. Uh, anytime the Oilers have a, you know, next to goal, next goal to score, and it's minus 150 or cheaper with the power play, you take that. That's worth laying. A dollar fifty, a dollar forty-five for Oilers to score on a power play is cheap. And if the books get smart, we might see that you know prop up to two dollars uh, if the Oilers continue to have success on the power play. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on for as far as live wagering in this series. Uh, but like I said, this is one where I want to see how things shake out. I like the Oilers in this spot. And one thing I might end up actually putting in pocket would be Leon Drysaddle to win the Smythe at 10 to one, because that's the best way to bet Edmonton to win everything right now. Uh, you're not getting any value with them really to win the West or the cup. Uh, and McDavid's the favorite because he's Connor McDavid, even though that Leon Drysaddle is, is leading by one more point than him uh, as far as the team goes. And everybody just assumes that, well, McDavid's is going to explode and have this, uh, you know, great breakout. Leon Drysaddle might end up being the guy who has more goals and uh, maybe even just more overall points. And, and that's not a detriment to McDavid or anything. Uh, it's just that, you know, they're getting everything done and they're getting contributions from the entire lineup. So uh, Leon Drysaddle uh, plus a uh, thousand uh, for Consumite, that's something I'm, I'm more than likely will be grabbing. But I'm staying away from anything series wise so far. And I'm just looking at the draw here in the game. All right, the draw. You know what? I'm already I already sprinkled up too. While I'm on New Jersey first period full game split and the uh, the for that the over in that game and Edmonton team total over and the over in this game, uh, I might sprinkle on that draw too because look you look at last night in game one we all we had one overtime game, we also had Florida Toronto very nearly get to overtime as well. I mean that game if not for Bobrovsky that had a real shot to get to OT as well. So yeah, competitive game ones. I do expect that with both of the games tonight. And as far as props go here, man, I really like a bunch prop-wise here uh, in this game. Let's start with the shots on goal, you know, and you know, try to keep everything. And we'll go team by team. We'll start with Edmonton, Dreisaitl over shots, Kane over shots, Bouchard over shots, because, look, this guy is just ripping the puck from the blue line as much as possible. Uh, we have seen that repeatedly uh, with him. Uh, Connor McDavid. You know, I think in a first game of a brand new series, we'll want to set a tone. It's always going to be, you know, a little bit more of a, a bigger number on his uh, shot props. But, uh, you know, just stick to those guys. I expect them to be high volume uh, shots on goal uh, makers uh, throughout this uh, game. Uh, no question. And again, the series starting tonight, Connor McDavid, three and a half. Let, Got to lay a little juice with that. But what you also can do is if you don't like the price on the over three and a half, what you can do at FanDuel and BetMGM and a couple other books, too, is you could go five shots you could go six plus shots and get better plus prices uh with them so uh, those are good looks uh, on the vegas side of things as far as uh, shots on goal props tonight uh, in this game there are a few also that pique my interest there i meant and like i mentioned i would say i would say kane hyman dry 
McDavid and Bouchard would be the big five I would look at for shots, props for Edmonton. On the Vegas side, it would be William Carlson because he's been shooting the puck more. He's got the confidence because he's seeing the puck go in. I mean, he had a phenomenal series uh, in the first round against Winnipeg. I mean, he's got his offensive mojo back again. Uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, over two and a half shots on goal. Probably a good look here as well uh, going into this game tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I think don't sleep on, you know, Theodore and Petrangelo from the back end. I think you're going to see them try to funnel you know, a lot of pucks uh, at the net tonight as well. So uh, those are definitely some props I like as far as Vegas shots on goal. And then as far as the uh, goal props and the point props, I mean, Dreisaitl to get a goal and over one and a half points because he has been the lead dog even over McDavid offensively for the uh, Golden Knights in this series. Uh, and obviously, Evan Bouchard, we keep on talking about it. And look, the price is still relatively cheap. It's minus 145. For him to get a point tonight, Evan Bouchard. And all this guy does is find a way to hit the score sheet for the uh, Edmonton Oilers every single... I mean, he's just been absolutely phenomenal uh, to the point where they really don't miss Tyson Berry. Let's be honest. He had 10 points in six games in that first-round series for the Edmonton Oilers. Two goals, eight assists. By the way, McDavid, three goals, seven assists, 10 points. But as you mentioned, Alex, it was Leon, the big German, Dreisaitl, that was leading the way for Edmonton in terms of goals and points in that series against L.A. Seven goals, 11 points, both team leading for the Edmonton Oilers in the first round. So uh, definitely some good options as far as that. And again, the Bouchard point prop just on its own at minus 145 is just for a guy that's got 10 points in six games in the first round. He's minus 145 to get a point. There's no way the price should be that low. It should be much higher than that. So you keep on hitting the Evan Bouchard point prop. You can go assist plus 100. If you have the faith, he can score. Because Now keep in mind, only two of his 10 points were goals in the first round. But you're still getting a good price there, plus 400. But definitely love, 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 love uh, the Evan Bouchard point prop again, which is still a very reasonable uh, minus 145 uh, going into this game. If you want some small goal prop sprinkles other than the big two, Dreisaitl and McDavid, like I say, Hyman, Kane, I think Yamamoto, a little bit more, you know, involved later in the LA series. And I'm seeing a price as high as plus 700 on uh, Yamamoto. Kaleem Costin stepped up down the stretch of the King series. He's also plus 700 at FanDuel. So you're talking about extreme bargain bin prices there with some options for Edmonton goal scoring props. You know, on the Vegas side of things, you look at what they got from their lineup in terms of goals uh, in the first round against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Like I say, you definitely saw signs of that depth shining through multiple different contributors. If you look at it, Stevenson and Carlson led the team in goals against Winnipeg. Four goals for Chandler Stevenson, eight points, four goals for William Carlson uh, in that first round series against Winnipeg. William Carlson is still upwards of plus 340 to score a goal tonight, okay? And this is a guy that's just, what, four goals in five games against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. A steal. It's an absolute steal. That's that's the word that comes to mind when you look at that Carlson goal prop tonight. It's a steal. Plus 340 for a guy that's had four goals in the five games in the first round that we know is a playoff performer because he was when they went to the Stanley Cup final. You know, people forget how good William Carlson is. Wild Bill, you know, as they call him in uh, – Vegas. Uh, he was absolutely great that year, and he's definitely found his confidence again uh, here. And Chandler Stevenson, 
an incredible series against the Jets. Four goals, eight assists. He's plus 370 at FanDuel to score a goal tonight in this game. And just to get a point, he's minus 145. And this is a guy that had eight points in that opening round series victory against the Winnipeg Jets, Chandler Stevenson. So you're talking about great bargain bin specials. You could bet Stone and you can bet Eichel and Marcia. So they're they're certainly going to be threats to contribute. But if you're looking for value and you're looking for players that are outperforming their player prop prices and numbers right now, it's William Carlson and it's Chandler Stevenson right now for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Those are incredible value props, in my opinion, for this game tonight. Probably will be value moving forward in this series uh, as well. All right, great stuff. Uh, That is a a thorough breakdown of the two game ones, I think, as we can give you tonight. Uh, We appreciate it. Uh, Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it. Make sure you check out patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, daily ice guys show, betting card, bonus content, and more. Check it out. Patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 a month. Also, check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've got all kind of great merchandise uh, ready for you. And I think we've got 15% off coming up this uh, weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I'll check that and get the email for that and let you guys know. But uh, definitely want to check that out, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Absolutely. Check out the merch. We've certainly got a lot of good stuff there uh, at the store. So make sure you check it out, uh, patreon.com slash iceguys. And, of course, the store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, we'll be back to wrap things up with best bets for this Wednesday right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair uh, and among other things. Uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time to wrap it up with best bets for this Wednesday as we get ready for game one. Jersey, Carolina, Edmonton, Vegas. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, let's go with uh, Carolina and New Jersey. We're going to go over five and a half. I got plus 115. I'm seeing it as high as plus 120. This is going to be a a good pace here. 
Carolina is going to be drawn into the fight that New Jersey is going to bring as far as speed uh, and tempo and, and catching in, in transition. This is going to be a, a lot of fun. I think we're going to see some high-quality scoring uh, chances, and they're going to cash in as goals. So it could be Devils-Canes over 5.5 plus 115 is my best bet. There it is. Devils, Hurricanes over five and a half plus 115. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith for this Wednesday. Uh, my best bet, let, give me the Oilers team total. I like it. Over three and a half. It's a great price. Uh, Edmonton team total over three and a half plus 110 plus 112 in that vicinity. Uh, I prefer that rather than them to uh, win the game. Um, because I, I, what I, the, the key handicap is, it's not so much I'm trusting Edmonton defensively, even though I think they're a better defensive team this year and years past. And, of course, Skinner has certainly given them more confidence in net compared to Smith and Koskinen. But I'm taking that out of the equation. My premise here with this bet is Vegas having a tough adjustment in week, in game one of this series coming off playing Winnipeg, who doesn't have the team speed, doesn't have the skill, the high-level skill, the high-level ability, nothing close to the power play uh, domination that the Edmonton Oilers have for against a Vegas team that, again, was 20th in the NHL in the regular season and penalty kill percentage, a Vegas team that gave up a power play goal in just about every game in the first round against Winnipeg, and Edmonton will capitalize, and it'll take a game for Vegas to really be able to handle this Edmonton team, especially that power play. So I think the Oilers get to four goals. It's something they did routinely down the stretch in the L.A. series in the first round. Let's go with the Oilers' team total. Over three and a half, plus 110 uh, for my best bet here for this Wednesday card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great two, uh, Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 